0: Welcome to The Last Thing I Saw. I'm your host, Nicholas Rippold. Every October, my good friend Mike Sivens does a horror movie marathon. He watches 31 titles over 31 days, like clockwork. I've always been curious about his project, which happily ranges far and wide and includes movies that aren't usually thought of as horror. This year, he watched the alien movies, including Jean Pierre Genet's Alien Resurrection, but he also watched Wolf's Hole a movie from Daisy's director, Vera Chitalova. Also on the menu were goodies like Angst, Dolls, and a truly horrifying film, The Cremator. So Mike finally comes on the podcast to talk about his adventures, both the highs and the lows. Mostly I just quiz him at random about titles from the list so I can listen to the outlandish plots. You may be wondering why I'm posting this Halloween-themed series now, and the answer is, why not? Welcome to The Last Thing I Saw. This is another episode in a series about what people have been watching. Uh, That's the premise of the show. If you haven't caught into that yet, uh, I, I can't help you. But for this episode, it's a very special one. You could say it's been in the works for a while because I've been hearing a lot about a marathon of movies that occurs every year and I've been envious especially this year when I when I heard all that went into it and so my guest for the first time on the show is my friend Mike Sivens. Hello. Hello.
1: <laughs> first time long time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this the series I'm talking about is in October uh, you turn m- much like a werewolf in October <laughs> you turn into a movie watching machine.
1: That's right. This is the this is my my third year of watching 31 horror movies in 31 days to celebrate Halloween, Hol- Um and uh, it is it is a labor of love, but the love is in in all capital letters. I, I grew up loving horror movies, but there's only so many you know you can watch in a normal month, <laughs> <laughs> and in and in this month, you know you have to get get a bit creative with time management, prioritization, not trying to just burn out.
0: People don't realize that the psychological toll of what we do. Um, I think it's, it's important to recognize that, uh, you know, seeing a bad movie, uh, it can bum you out. Have you ever walked out of a movie? I, I always, I'm always curious. Um, I, I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie. I feel like. I mean, I, I, I'm sure I'm supposed to say that like I've stormed out, you know, in high dudgeon, sweeping my cloak behind me. Out of some <laughs> movie or other. But I, I, this actually came up on, on another episode. I can only remember doing it once and it's a little bit random what it is. It wasn't really a statement on the movie. It was more just, I just, I don't know. I just had somewhere else i rather have been. I don't remember doing it since then. And that is mighty Aphrodite. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I leave movies all the time. I guess caveat. I, I do leave movies all the time at like film festivals, but that's because that's kind of like, it's okay. <laughs> it's like if, if you're, if you're going to see like, four in a day or something it's it has to be okay to, to like leave some you, you
1: kind of know where it's yeah you know, if, you, if you don't yeah. know where it's going and and also if you leave early I, I feel like people will think you're a celebrity like trying to just avoid the <laughs> crowd after the after the screening yeah
0: yeah that's why i keep on my sunglasses during the, the screening <laughs> as well I, I but i also i always have to say this because otherwise people start accusing me of stuff i do not write about stuff you know unless i've seen it in full so just so everyone knows <laughs>
1: yeah. that is yeah that's noble
0: yeah <laughs> um but yeah that makes it like all the more amazing to me that you you went watched all of these but i have to say uh, and you think you were just we were just talking about this you picked like a really cool mix this year i mean you cover a lot of territory what was the <laughs> like, what was the criteria for for these are these just movies that have been on on your list for a while or
1: some of them for sure, but I think um, to make it through you know to to be able to find the time and and keep it enjoyable, I found that certain daytime movies are usually are like movies that I've either seen before. Or um, if I haven't seen before, i noticed that they usually kind of fall in that sweet spot between like the mid 80s and like the late 90s. It just seems to be like easier to watch during the day. And then in the evening, I'll make more of an event out of it. And the second year I did it last year was, was pretty rough. But there was just certain things like I was watching and I was just like, oh God, like I, I just like can't wait for it to end. And then you can almost see like, if like all of a sudden like I, I watched like Lord of Illusions or Hellraiser 2, it was probably just because like the movie that was before it was so bad that I just needed to like cleanse the palate. Right. <laughs> but like there was like a bunch of things like on the Criterion channel, like I'd been I'd been meaning to see for like a long time and and I liked that the Criterion channel had a custom category for for October. They had two custom categories which I really liked. It was like classic movie monsters, so like you know, mm-hmm. Island of Lost Souls and uh the mummy, creature from Black Lagoon. And then they had one whole genre of home invasion movies. And that's like a, a whole, like, hey, you like horror? Like,
0: <laughs> here's a type right. of horror that you have to live with every day. Right. I mean, there are even a couple here I didn't know were, were on there. Like, Wolf's Hole? Yeah. Czech movie? Yeah, that that was interesting. It was sort of like a
1: minimalist, I think it's, I I guess it would be sci-fi, but it's about these kids on a ski retreat and... It just starts off weird and gets weirder. (laughs) These kids are like part of this program where they're like kind of like learning. That's what I that was how it sort of built in the beginning. Like they're learning, you know, survival and and, and teamwork, but they're also skiing. (laughs) And uh, the leaders of the program is this, you know, creepy old man uh, and like a creepy younger girl, a creepy younger guy. And uh, they have, I guess, like a, a fear of
0: fire. So, you know, something's up. Like right from the very beginning, uh, the pathology is is there from the start of some sort. There's
1: a lot of talking. There's a lot of arguing. You know, there's a uh, there's a lot of left up to debate. And I think yeah. that was, you know, I, I'm very guilty of just like immediate, like within 30 seconds of a, of a movie ending, just searching for like the movie title and read it. <laughs> and being like what what did I miss? <laughs> what did I miss? But I think you know it was funny because with Wills Hall, I, I was kind of like I, I guess I did get it i just didn't think that was it but uh but it it right. was interesting like i would I, you know i would i don't think i would ever watch it again but
0: it's interesting because she i think she directed one of my favorite films from this mid-60s daisies oh
1: i've seen is that it's like um it's like if um beavis and Butt like beavis and butthead were like two <laughs> like check teenager like two czech girls Basically, yeah it's just like nonsensically i was like, yeah that's all i could think of when i watched that yeah i think i watched that because it, it was uh i think that was like one of the first movies i watched from when i got the criterion channel
0: oh yeah yeah i like that one a lot because just i mean it's just also <laughs> it looks great like at one point they're actually like cutting the screen they cut the screen into ribbons somehow from inside the movie so I thought that's a pretty neat thing to do. <laughs> but um, the, the first movie, maybe we can start at the at the beginning. The first movie is Deep Blue Sea. And this is one I have never actually seen all the way through, partly because in my head, I still have the lesser known Mike Nichols movie, uh, Day of the Dolphin. Is that what it's called? I, I haven't seen it. It's got like George C. Scott uh, as a kind of disgruntled scientist who's trying to talk to dolphins. I don't know. Anyway, so, but Deep Blue Sea. More like Deep Blue Fun. I had heard it mentioned on another podcast, going
1: mm. through all uh, sea, sea monster movies. Um, and, the, and the Deep Blue Sea was uh, a, a lot of frosted tips. Very 90s. <laughs> it was a Tom, Thomas Jane. LL Cool J is in it and plays like kind of like a religious type, but he's a chef. You could tell there was some <laughs> there was some weird positioning there, but it was it was actually like a lot of fun. Like there were some some good uh, some good kills, creative kills, some unexpected stuff. And uh, all I could think of was, man, if I saw this movie in the theater in '99, I think like it would have been a great time.
0: Don't the sharks like bust out of an aquarium or out of like one of these sea observation picture windows that only exist in the movies into the inside of the sea station or something?
1: They're already in this oceanic testing facility. The, the movie premise kind of starts off pretty interesting. It's this this one scientist who is sort of going against regulations. And I don't even know what regulations <laughs> would tell her not to do this, but she's like injecting these sharks with some type of chemical that's increasing their brain power because the the chemical that's also being created in response is going to help her cure alzheimer's or dementia oh. and the so it's like oh she because she had someone in the uh someone in her family i think had it so she was inspired by that but she does have this sort of devil may care attitude you know success at all costs approach and i guess yeah there is some regulation saying that you can't inject i don't know if this particular chemical or, or just chemicals in general into a into a shark but it does have the side effect of making them super smart and then mm. they, they bust out. It's a <laughs> they, they should have played Thin Lizzy Jailbreak. But yeah, they, the sharks do escape and are, are rather uh, sneaky and creative. Michael Rappaport is, when, and you're like, he's saying some science stuff, and you're like, clearly he's like, they just like wrote the quickest thing they could just give him, or like just make some stuff up on the spot. Stellan Skarsgård is in it, and like mm. Samuel Jackson is in it. He's the financier. It was a lot of fun, and I guess it was like. Animals outsmarting outsmarting the humans was you know hot on the heels seven years later or six years later of uh, oh, right. Jurassic,
0: Jurassic Park, and I guess the logical end point of that is is the movie with all the pets that the Secret Life of Pets, is, is <laughs> the ultimate trajectory of this when the humans have been eliminated from the planet.
1: I had heard there is some theory that the Cars, the Pixar Cars universe, is the result of like this horrific apocalypse that affected humans and like someone went through like the logic the logic of it and it was like it, they like really fleshed it out and basically were able to substantiate the claim that there was probably a car antichrist that was responsible for like removing leftover humans
0: <laughs> i i think i've heard that too i, I find that pretty plausible
1: <laughs> well just look at the science look at the science name
0: <laughs> that's true <laughs> i know life. I always appreciate that about you, but you you stick to the science. And always, that's, it's, I mean, and that's where it leads you. Oh, so always, so deep blue sea. That's from uh, also millennial uh, millennium anxieties right there at the end yeah, right. picture. But just to kind of give a sample of like the different kinds of films you were watching for the next night, you watched. I, don't, I just noticed <laughs> that you watched both on the same night. Lake Mungo. It's a found footage story.
1: Yeah, you know this had been on my list for a while. I think like over the past like few years, the types of horror movies that I've, I've been appreciating more and more and probably appreciate the most now are like slow burns. Mm-hmm. You know, I love, love love a good slow burn. And I had heard, you know, that this was like a, a psychological horror movie. And, and the way that it was described to me was, was like, Oh, well you'll like it if you know, you like creepy stuff kind of happening in the background. <laughs> like, and one of right. my favorite horror movies is uh tale of two sisters. And I think like, That's exactly how I described it to people. I was like, it's a really great, like atmospheric, eerie movie. And I think a lot of it is built on the fact that like, it's really creepy to be watching something. And then like 45 seconds into it, you're like, oh, that was a person in the background and they're moving. Right. So like, you know, like Mongo, I, you know, I I wasn't as over the moon about it. You know, I thought that like elements of it were, were creepy, but you know, overall, like I, I don't think I would have, you know, recommended it. The premise starts on like a, a death of a of a child, a parent's child, and I'm just like, oh, no, this is this is like a, this is a sad premise. I, I think like that was kind of a good pendulum flip back to kind of like I'm, I'm starting to kind of get my guardrails up or my, you know my my parameters for right what I was liking at least like you know it's kind of setting up a range.
0: Yeah. And, but then I, 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 I promise I won't be going through every single, every single uh, one. But... You can <laughs> look, look, well, I deserve
1: this. I deserve some of these, some of these, I just, I need to be, I need to answer for, I think. <laughs>
0: I was just curious about the next, that's that same day you watched a TV movie.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I found that like Prime has Amazon prime has these like really random old movies Mm. like Hammer films and like things kind of like of that. And I kind of thought that's where I was going with Curse of the Black Widow. But then I was like, oh, wait, Patty Duke is in this. Mm. It, and Vic Morrow, which has like a, you know, has a pretty, you know, spooky story himself. So I was like, right. oh, well, this is, this is perfect. But also like, I saw, I took one look at the poster and the poster is like, it's just like a ridiculously like cartoonish version of what like the monster in this movie is. And it's like um, a woman who can kind of change into a, a giant spider. And uh, oh. and she bites people. Oh. I did like the fact that um it was re-released later as Love Trap.
0: <laughs>
1: which could be anything. Like I don't know. Like you went from it went from Curse of the Black Widow to
0: Love Trap. Yeah. Curse of the Black Widow, I mean, you know, it almost sounds like it could be like a Hercule Poirot mystery or something. But but Love Trap, yeah, it could be like a Skinamax film or
1: yeah. something. <laughs> they just like throw some s- rubber spiders at like the camera. Like, at the yeah. Camera,
0: and it's like uh,
1: oh, it's rain spiders, but yeah. Like, th- I mean like for a, for a made for TV movie, I was pretty impressed.
0: Yeah. I was just trying to, to look up. I had this whole list of, of TV movies that at one point I was going to track down and just kind of gave up because they would pop up on YouTube sometimes and then they would like get taken down or for a <laughs> while they had this thing where people would do the acronym of the title. So like, Curse of the Black Widow would be up as like C O T B W. <laughs> I don't think people do that anymore, and obviously my whatever torrent game is is non-existent.
1: That's so funny that you mentioned that because I I've talked about this too with you know the other three people that I can't have this conversation with, and I guess you're you're <laughs> not number four. So I mean this is this is monumental. But I do remember there was a period of time where there was deliberate misspellings of movie titles, right? And I remember it was like due date was like due date like, with <laughs> daddy jr and zach like they just add like uh, i think i was trying to watch like they would just add like four l's for some reason like in the middle of a word
0: right I, which i guess a practice that takes me back a bit to like obviously dating myself but like you know napster or after that <laughs> you know with misspelled like song titles and that sort of thing oh i used to i used to on purpose i used to just uh like just change
1: songs up and like, you know, change, like, you know, Backstreet Boys, like, but it would be like a Gigi Allen song, but I would change it and then upload it. And then, you know, someone on LimeWire <laughs> accidentally. Got, so it was you.
0: Yeah. Always. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because with the, with the TV movies, I mean, there, there was this sort of stretch, I guess, in the seventies where there was some kind of interesting horror strand going, going on there. Um, and like, I remember watching a couple, which sometimes it just seemed like spooky in a suggestive way, just because that you know they can't they weren't actually putting a ton of money into it. It was sort of a- atmospheric. I think the nature of them is that they kind of just disappear in your head.
1: They're they're like bizarrely impactful, but yeah. like to you, like as a person, but to to the world around you, it it they're just like these you know extremely forgotten. Like I think those are like the best things. Like yeah. Uh, and I think in my in my case, like I remember like seeing like the first thirty seconds of a movie when I was like I don't know, seven or eight, and I I think like it was one of those things where like I went white and I was just like trembling, and then I didn't, and then twenty five years later, like I had been looking for it and i had been asking people if they knew what the hell I was talking about, and I finally figured out what it was it it wasn't a horror movie at all but it did start with like the murder of a family in like uh northern california it was called uh quiet cool huh and it starts off with this like vicious i guess it's like this family that's just kind of like living off the grid but i think (laughs) nick cassavetes is in it and uh he just plays a jerk you're the villain of this film, but just be as much of a jerk as possible. And uh, I remember it, like really, really enjoyed it. And I think there was some, he had a henchman in it named like stoner and he got mad at him for being stoned. And it was like, this guy on your <laughs> the guy on your payroll is named stoner. Like, come on. So, uh, but that was one where I couldn't get it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't you find, find it. it. I had to order it as a, I found it on VHS. Like I could buy, there was a DVD for like $300. dollars and mm-hmm. then there was like 80 copies of it on VHS for 99 cents. So I bought that. <laughs> I bought that. But uh, yeah, Quiet Cool is, uh, is worth a watch. I don't know if it would fit. But I do remember when I first saw it, it was really frightening. Because I remember, yeah, like the whole whole family gets murdered. But I think one kid escapes and jumps off a cliff. And I remember being, that being like so scary. But what we really came here to talk
0: about <laughs> is Warlock.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Warlock, um, I mean, this was a daytime movie. Um, so I really couldn't, you know, so there, so I had to account for the fact that there were other things I may have to do while the movie was on.
0: I, is it okay? I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs>
1: oh, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. I, I've explained to the people that I work with that this is a thing that they just have to accept. Um, and, you know, and I, and I, and, and people have, you know, like every, I think everybody I work with is probably watching squid game right now for the second time uh, or just have it on in the background. Right. Uh, but there are certain movies that like lend themselves to, to background viewing, but Warlock. Um, I think there was like I think around the same time, um, the wish wish the Wishmaster and and Warlock and Warlock. I had remembered, I kind of misremembered it when I was younger as as the as the Christopher Walken movie, the Prophecy, which I think was its own franchise. Mm, uh-huh. But but Warlock, it's basically a, a a Warlock who gets sent to the future. And, and the future happens to be, you know, 1989 and he is followed by Richard E. Grant of, uh, with male and I fame. And, um, he plays a Scott, a Scotsman, but the character of the warlock, uh, he's barefoot. He has a platinum blonde ponytail. He's kind of dressed like a karate instructor almost, or like a guy who claims to know, like, how to kill people with pressure points in high school, like a guy, like a kid who wears kind of like the, like the gi, but like doesn't actually take any like martial arts classes. And the, the direction for the lead in, in Warlock, Julian Sands, they're just like, Hey, um, we could end up like doing like a few of these. Like, how are we going to make you as like a classic villain, you know, like a Freddy or a Jason or Michael Myers, like, how are we going to make you different? And, and I think they really just thought like, let's just make this guy a jerk. Like he was just like every time he says anything, every time you look at him, every every motivation in the, in the film is like it's just him being a a jerk. And uh, I was like, he did. There was like one time I was like, he. I said out loud to no one, oh, he didn't have to do that. Like <laughs> it was just, like every single person he meets basically has it has a comment, and you're just like, there's no need for any of that. But like I guess that clearly you know defined him you know it's kind of carved out a role for him in movie villain lore because you know Jason is sort of this uh, you know almost uh, you know unceasing automaton of, of murder and killing and, and Freddy Krueger is this you know brings this like comic levity to it but like the Warlock I don't know, I even remember I just call
0: him the war, the Warlock it's such a uh, grandiose title like at, at, at what point do you decide you're a, well actually is the Warlock is the male counterpart to which
1: yes and and i should have dug a little deeper into that too because i just thought like i just thought it was kind of like an act like actor now like you don't you, you just say actor like i just thought kind of like which is which like i i really haven't uh heard many people like refer to themselves as warlocks, like I heard, like right. pe- people in- who are interested in practical magic, you know, with a magic spelt with a k at the end. Where I'm like, okay, right. look, if that works for you and it makes you happy, wonderful. uh Certainly is interesting, gives gives us something to talk about. But like, never heard anyone like, oh yeah, like, uh, well, you know, because I'm a warlock, I, you know, yeah, practice this.
0: <laughs> I actually, I just, I was just thinking about Julian Sands. I, I mean, as a as an actor presence, I, I I don't think of him as a jerk, but there is often just sort of something off-putting like sort of (laughs) just this kind of like Euro skeeziness that's there.
1: Absolutely. Like a guy, like, like a guy who should be, he looks like a, like a a Gunther or like a Dieter um, almost. So I do, I do see that. And like in Arachnophobia, it was like kind of the same vibe, like totally different, totally different, you know, but he's kind of like the, he's kind of a jerk exterminator like the like, right is he the jerk exterminator in in arachnophobia uh but it kind of makes sense you're like oh like i guess this is what like you know hollywood pictures would would cast someone like this you know yeah some some subtle xenophobia there i don't know um not so subtle but yeah warlock is pretty bad but i was i really enjoyed it i was just kind of like again like this is the type of movie that uh, if I had seen it in the theater, I probably would have been talking about it nonstop that Monday uh, at school. Like, oh, it's crazy. Like, I think at one point he gets the ability to fly and you're just and it's like that amazing. I don't know what you call it, like the rotoscoping. Like, I think like in Alien 3, you kind of see that, too, where it's just like, clearly this is not happening in real life. Like, it could it could almost be like just drawn, like drawn onto the film. Like, right. to, But you're just like, oh, I guess this is what it looks like with him him yeah. uh, but there were some there's some interesting stuff in it yeah. I, I guess there's more than one
0: yeah like for the further adventures of warlock
1: definitely the movie that you could watch while doing something else
0: I think yeah <laughs>
1: but still in still enjoy it like um uh, i think the brain too i think was kind of in that same
0: sphere as that Oh yeah like just, i haven't seen the brain what is that one about oh my god
1: uh <laughs> man is it stupid um uh, <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: but it's called the brain
1: it's called the brain and it's about a giant alien brain. And I think brain kind of factors into like eighties horror movie a little bit, 80 horror movies a little bit. Mm. And the brain is controlling people through TV waves, through the airwaves uh, and people's TV sets. And it's making them, the brain is like making them do like horrible things, like killing their family members or jumping out of windows and stuff. And again, like it's just like, like like warlock it's like oh like they just took this alien movie you know took this alien monster and just like he lands on earth and he's just a total fucking jerk (laughs) um and uh and at one point like the the alien get like he can also eat people and he gets bigger and bigger and they do have like a way to communicate with him through the through like a computer terminal and it's like I am angry. Like it's, it's all like these like uh, three word kind of like square blinking cursor type of computer screen, you know? Right. And he's only talks and he says, but you're like, there's like an alien brain. Like clearly he could be talking in a much smarter capacity, but yeah, it was pretty ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, obviously they prophesied our current moment when we are practically plagued by enormous alien brains, making people do stuff. Mm -hmm, Uh, It mm -hmm. seems like every other day in the newspaper I'm reading about that. It was a cautionary tale. (laughs) It really was. 1988's The Brain, a cautionary tale. A cautionary tale. Um, But speaking of aliens, you also made your way through the Aliens (laughs) series. And I want to zero in on one movie because I I really don't think I've talked about it. And that's Alien Resurrection. (laughs) Yes. Which you reminded me was directed by... (laughs) Jean-Pierre Genet, who uh, who, as you immediately <laughs> pointed out, like right after this, directed Amelie.
1: Yes, I, I, I guess he had done City of Lost Children and Delicatessen, but I remembered watching this movie on TV late at night, alone, and uh, I remembered like this movie is for me, and <laughs> it was like it was it was just so gross and like what they were trying to do i thought was actually like really interesting because mm. i you know i don't know how you know spoilers for like the third alien movie that was you know directed by david fincher like it's like extremely dark and like mm-hmm. the way that the third, like the second one's kind of ends kind of hopeful and the third one kind of dashes that all against the rocks um with sort of like this stark awakening for ripley sigourney mm-hmm. Reaver's character and at the end of alien 3 well, I think we actually have to say like she she kills herself because she realizes she has a um, she has an an alien inside her. But for some reason, it doesn't take nearly as long to uh, emerge as like you know, other people who have it. But I guess you could argue that it was a queen that was inside her. So it was made, taking Ooh. longer to, to gestate in the third one. And I actually I guess there's two endings in Alien 3. There's like one where the alien actually hatches out of her as she's thrown right after she's thrown herself into like a pit uh, into a vat of of molten steel or something oh. and, the, and when the alien bursts out of her she breaks its neck and i guess david fincher didn't like that ending and and just kind of had her just throw herself into this vat of molten steel on this you know mining facility which is also a prison colony anyway she hmm. dies in the in the third one so they're like how are they going to bring her back in the fourth one right uh, in alien resurrection and they i guess you know DNA cloning was sort of a a hot topic at that time. So they're trying to clone her with the alien still inside her. And so that the military can use, you know, the, the um, biology of the alien as like a weapon or something like Mm -hmm. that, but it's 200 years into the future where I guess this technology would be, be more available. And what's crazy is like, so she's also like, her character is also like so different because like, since she's kind of part alien, she mm-hmm. kind of has almost these like, Sigourney Weaver is doing like these kind of like feline affectations. And, oh. and so she's kind of like, just like, look, you know, very weird stare, some very, uh, you know, very interesting choices, but like, she's able to remember what happened to her 200 years earlier. And they just kind of explain it as like, as like a shadow of instinct of like Mm -hmm. biological instinct like in the same way that like any living being would kind of know to stay away from something that's hot or something that's foul smelling because it could be poisonous well that's how she's able to remember exactly what happened to her 200 years earlier and i thought like that was just so brazen and and just silly but but overall like really fun yeah
0: it's just just muscle memory
1: it's but yeah muscle muscle memory but i do know like a lot of people do not like this movie and when we I've kind of gone to bat for this movie a couple of times. I, I don't know if, you know, watching like the, I watched the, uh, the director's cut, which ha- has like a, a little bit of a different ending, which ends uh, with her looking at the, the Eiffel tower, mm. which I think, uh, the director, like, you know, just kind of threw in there, but it was <laughs> right. also like, it was like, you know, some of like the, it's very Joss whedon at times, which huh. I think, you know, at the time, like, I think was more, more original then.
0: Right. I don't think I really appreciated the sort of bizarreness of the movie when I first saw it. I mean, it's... Because it's also... I remember it being like a little cartoonish at times. Like, that's the right word. Just like... Easily. Yeah. Maybe like you were saying, it's almost like a reaction to the darkness of of the previous installment. And they go in the other direction. I should probably know more about how he was hired, even. You know, the idea of like looking at the City of Lost Children and Delicatessen (laughs) and, and thinking... Let's do something – let's do this, like, French, gothic, you know, (laughs) approach to the future. Uh, Although I guess City of Lost Children is in the future now that I think about it. Isn't it? there are some like steampunky kind of yes, elements to it.
1: this, you know, like where it, like a lot of like a uh, machinery, like sort of like interclicking clacking machinery <laughs> that kind of assembles. And like, that's you know how they right. use it. There's a lot of patina on everything, yeah. but like Dan day is in it. And at one point he like kind of goes cross-eyed for some, you know, but yeah. um, you know, the, the movie itself is just so bizarre because the third one is, you know, very dark. It starts off, it starts off, you know, very dark and it's, you know, sh- she's on this prison colony that's also kind of sort of like a like a, a, a an iron mill with all these like convicted criminals who have sort of started like a religious monastery on this like abandoned planet you know so it's very like it's very cold like you feel very cold watching it and it's mm. you know like there's emptiness to it because these people have been like sort of left alone. In this in this movie it's just like somebody like throwing like a bucket of paint on you or something. Like it's just so the movie itself is so wet and uh like there's right. a, a lot of grossness in it because of like the cloning attempts to there's like all these failed attempts you know before her. But the thing that I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this Nick.
0: What's um, that?
1: <laughs> a big part of the film is they're trying to you know, there's always like an alien queen and the alien queen lays these eggs and the eggs create these face huggers that burst out, you know, and they land on people's faces and violently like, uh, you know, inseminate them with like uh, with an egg inside them that then right. becomes an alien that bursts. you know, a chest a burster, I think is what it's called, <clears throat> is what it's called. And uh, I'm getting choked up just talking about it. Uh, <laughs> so in Alien Resurrection, a big part of the, a big part of the plot point is like the the queen is trying to do away with the whole egg face hugger uh, situation and just like give birth to what eventually becomes a a, a human alien hybrid. Right. And there is some debate that to create this <laughs> to create this hybrid that the alien the alien queen is having sex with with Ripley and. I did think that as a, as a kid, like I, as a, you know, in, in high school, when I saw it, I was like, they're, they're totally having sex. Like, might <laughs> see and I kind of wanted to, to not believe it, but I've, I've mentioned it before. And I think when uh, my wife and I weren't married yet, but I, I was talking about this movie, uh, <laughs> I did mention, I was like, I had heard in an interview that for that alien human hybrid, that. The director, Jeannet, he wanted the alien human hybrid to have both male and female genital. And his explanation was we made some molds and we had like a work, we had something for what it would look like. And then, quote unquote, even for me, a Frenchman is too much, end quote. And one time I just, I think when Facebook first was, you know, like you were just kind of like, post dumb text on facebook like when you when it first came around and i just posted that i just posted like even for me a frenchman is too much and dan Bro- a friend of mine dan brooks just wrote somebody's been on the somebody's been doing some digging on alien resurrection haven't they and i was like oh my god you know about this like let's let's talk but i i do remember there was an image of it it was just like in what world did you think hollywood would approve you putting giant Male, female genitals on like an alien and as like you know somebody who like appreciates the alien
0: franchise i'd be like
1: man like you really are trying to like get your fingerprints on this (laughs) like
0: well i bet that's it's so funny i mean he was clearly trying to reach some other level in you know taking this hollywood franchise and trying to do something to it and then yeah i i can't get over the fact that just a few years later he he made (laughs) amelie it's like he was like he was in a Hollywood blockbuster framework. And then he just ran in the other tree. He's like, I'm going to make something Frencher than French. I'm going yeah. to, make the last word on Frenchness. As for me, a friend, I like, he calls himself a Frenchman too. I thought that was like a yeah. real. he didn't lose that part of him. Oh, I wanted to ask you what you thought. I found this movie like really, you know, more disturbing than anything bloody or anything, but the cremator.
1: Oh yeah. That was, I had not seen it before.
0: I, Kept missing chances to see, and then I finally saw it. That is like I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just so it's so very hollowed out. Is the feeling of of it?
1: Yeah, there there is like um, there was a a feeling of uh. If I I really enjoyed. The, I think of like the 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 bet one of the best movies that I watched this year, and I I did feel like that like you were on this very slow amusement park ride that just slowly descends into hell. <laughs> yeah and yeah. uh you know as you kind of see like where things like historically are going you know it's about a very disturbed guy who runs a, a, a crematorium and, and you know eventually becomes more embroiled in, in what's happening politically yeah. um and you know starts to sort of go you know deeper into you know his own madness and i think that like there's a, a part of it that's like you know like encouraged by the uh the nazi party and right. uh and I and I do remember like I think with like the damned there was something like that too where it was just like this you know this this sociopathy or like men, disturbing behavior is is you know in fact like um applauded you know right you're just So yeah so that was that was really really interesting um and there was a lot of just like uh just the the rhythm of it was terrific too because there was all like all the scenes were kind of joined by his narration um and yeah just it just would cut to these interesting places in 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 that world
0: yeah, and the guy, I mean the I'm not, I'm not familiar. I mean, I maybe he's like a big deal in Czechoslovakia at the time, but the actor who plays the um Oh he's he's amazing. Yeah. He is just makes him skin crawl just uh just thinking about it. I don't know, he's like a evil corpse or something. <laughs> he's just kind of bone chilling presence. I'm kinda of glad uh, just to mention it now because that that's a movie that I kind of never really like exercised out of out of my head. I think it's actually probably like a a useful kind of disturbing. uh. I
1: think it was banned too. I think I remember that it was banned and I think angst, you know, it was also banned. Oh,
0: Um, I love angst. uh, Yeah. uh, The movie.
1: uh, Yeah. A a real romp. That's a real romp. Um, That's
0: the, that one has that crazy camera rig on it.
1: I had to remind myself that this was before drone technology because the camera angle, the camera is so high in some of these, unless, you know, there's some other trickery going on. Uh, dizzying almost, like really, really worked for it. Um, but yeah, I, yeah that it, was that was phenomenal.
0: I mean, yeah, it's almost like on each actor, they like attached the camera, but it must've been like on these really long, I don't know, stilts on their shoulders or something. Because <laughs> I don't even understand how, how exactly it worked. I mean, there's an answer for this, obviously, but I don't know a movie before that that really has that exact camera work. It's very strange, literally out of body.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you know, it was remind when I was watching. I remind you know, like uh, Gas Gaspar No. Oh yeah, Gaspar uh, yes, you No. Know, yeah, he does some some dizzying stuff with like high high angles. Yeah, You're uh, just like trying to to make people dizzy, as if what what's on screen isn't jarring enough. But yeah, oh. like that was uh, that was yeah definitely part of, part of Criterion's home invasion micro genre. Uh, thought it was really interesting because it was like I think it's only like 70 minutes long, but it does kind of feel like it's I think it maybe it's supposed to kind of feel like one take, you know? It's like it's just like uh, you know uninterrupted time in this guy, you know, this 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 uh, crime that this guy is committing, and um, I guess it was only like 70 minutes. And then in the Criterion Channel, you can see if there's any like you know extra features, and I guess uh, it was pretty interesting. Like it starts off with him getting out of prison, and I guess theater owners were complaining that the movie itself was too short at 70 minutes and that people would ask for their money back so the oh. so the filmmaker made like a 12 minute short like a 12 minute intro that went in front of the actual film huh. and it was just kind of like this guy's life from beginning to him, you know, to when the actual movie starts, like him, you know, from his birth to, you know, what 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 went wrong in his life, um, <laughs> and who hurt him uh, to make him such a such a, a bad man. Um, but it was, but that was interesting. Uh, but I think, but I also read that the director uh, preferred the the cut without that.
0: Oh wow! Is, is that is that introduction on the Criterion Channel? Yeah, I, I I'd seen the movie, so I haven't seen it on, on the Criterion. But now I'm gonna watch this intro. I like this idea that like. <laughs> People yeah. just want they just want to see more of this guy, you know um yeah.
1: and, and would it would it hurt to put like something that says like you know buy more snacks in the lobby and like you know have him have him eating pop you know have him real thirsty you know have, have him have him eating too much popcorn and he needs a you know a soda
0: I mean, another thing about that movie is I'm mean, the same kind of like also like a claustrophobia movie because I remember most of the movie just being in the being just on this house, right? it's just him yes. like yeah.
1: Yeah, I think like X was uh, one of the the standouts on on the list. Yeah. House on Haunted Hill, not so much. Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's too bad. And then I, you know, I have never seen this is I've never seen Monkey Shines. (laughs) Monkey Shines, I know only through the ad, which maybe you remember. It's like one of the like classic don't tell them anything about the movie trailers, which nonetheless was terrifying to me as a kid.
1: It is definitely one of the, you know, I, I think growing up in the time that that I did in the, in the 80s like going into a video store and the impact of those V8 those horror movie VHS boxes, right? And Monkey Shines was definitely one. You know, I remember very vividly. I you know, uh truthfully, I hadn't I I hadn't seen it before. And I remember, you know, I watched it and it was um yeah, it was it was fine. Um but it <laughs> It it the premise of it does kind of start off very real life disturbing, you know, premise where, you know, a guy is uh hit by a truck and loses the use of his leg, so he has to have a helper monkey and he gets his helper monkey from <laughs> his his best friend. It's uh I can't remember his name. He played I I just remember him from Mad About You. Um uh ira he played ira on mad about you and i i don't think i've ever actually seen an episode of mad about you but you know <laughs> this guy is like a he's his best friend he's a scientist that's experimenting with with monkeys making them smarter as we know which always seems to backfire <laughs> um, for some reason and, and and uh somehow creates like a telepathic link uh i think that's it yeah um I think I watched this one during the day, so it's possible. It's, poss- <laughs> it's possible that I also had PowerPoint open at the time. <laughs> Great movies to PowerPoint too. Um, Stanley Tucci's in it. Oh, uh, appearance from Stephen Root. Well, I would say Jimmy James of News, news Radio fame, but he's he's also oh, in wow. like a lot of weird stuff from the. You know, he's in like Robocop three and.
0: I just remember the, the the I can review the trailer is what I'm qualified to do. It's basically just one of those little monkey toys with the symbols. Yeah. I don't know if that's in the movie. I'd prefer to think that it's actually not in the movie whatsoever. And it's just one of those toys like approaching and then I don't know, some menacing voiceover telling me to be scared. And that was enough.
1: Yeah, that that monkey toy I believe is not in the film.
0: <laughs> that it makes me very happy.
1: Yeah, I don't think they could yeah, I don't I don't think they felt they could push enough of those at, at Toys R Us. No to, uh... <laughs> no, no tie in but there were like alien toy, like, you know, the alien xenomorphs for the alien franchise. Like That's I do true. remember like alien toys and like predator, to, you yeah. know, like these are movies like, like, you know, pretty, pretty uh, brutal for like a, you know, seven year old for a kid who would want to, you know, play with that kind of toy. Like isn't allowed yeah. to see that movie.
0: That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the toys are like, maybe they were like mainly sold to like child therapists. <laughs> so people could act out the trauma of having seen that movie. <laughs> What what did you love that we haven't talked about yet?
1: I did, you know, after this whole thing, I, I did remind myself, like, maybe I could pitch to Criterion that, like, a subgenre of horror where, where the monsters have to, can only enter people through their mouths. <laughs> like, there's, like, a whole thing. I was going through, like, my memories, and I'm like, man, like, there really were, like, a lot of movies where, like, the monsters, like, went into people's mouths, um, <laughs> like, The Hidden and, and Night of the Creeps. I definitely think the Criterion had like a game-changing effect on, you know, the overall quality of the of the films I watched. If you had to like do an, an average, I think like some of the things that I really enjoyed, like when a stranger calls, I really liked with um, Carol uh, Carol Kane. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, the stranger calling from inside the house as a, as a storytelling device was was always kind of lost on me because I just Ooh. always assumed that. I had seen more movies with it in it just be, because it was always just, you know, it, present in pop culture. So that was really good as far as like, uh, you know, what was really bad sleepaway camp Two, unhappy campers was pretty terrible. <laughs> that was a daytime. That was a PowerPoint movie. War <laughs> of illusions. I think I watch every year. I don't know what it is about that movie, but it's, you know, it's uh Scott Bakula in a, in a Clive Barker joint. I recommend it. Yeah. It's Clive Barker films are, tough to recommend to people which may say a lot about them i don't know but i do i do love like the hellraiser franchise and i do remember like pretty deep into the hellraiser franchise like renting it and like just dejectedly renting it like just because i knew it was going to be bad but i had to do it and the guy was like oh so you're gonna rent you're gonna rent this one huh and i was like yeah i just i just need to get on with my life (laughs) um But I think that was good. You know, Cat's Eye, I I had never seen before. I had seen parts of it on WPIX, um, but this was the first time, like, watching it all the way through, and it's anthology. Oh, yeah.
0: That's the one with, like, the evil gnome in the last story. Yes.
1: Yeah. I think it's a young Drew
0: Barrymore, I
1: would say. It's, like, three stories, and the first one has, like, a young James Woods in it. Oh, Yeah. Trick or Treat was also an anthology from 2007, and I thought that was that was pretty interesting. I know there's a lot of love for that, but like uh, Event Horizon, man, I I remembered like liking that movie, and then when I I, it just made me feel bad like about myself when I
0: watched it this (laughs) time. Oh no, that's not a good kind of horror. (laughs) be the best kind
1: of horror. (laughs) It's gonna be a, a, a new micro genre.
0: Feel bad horror did you see frown Cause you mentioned it.
1: I was just going to say that like these, unlike, you know, these, yeah. these movies that are like psychological horror or like yeah. s- societal horror, but I, yeah, I loved frown Me too. I'm looking at my list right now, Nick, and below at the very bottom, it just says, does frown count? Question mark. So you are totally right. I, <laughs> I, I did like it a lot. It was, it kind of reminded me of those older eighties movies, where it was just like a frenetic pacing and completely jarring and just somebody just mm. sort of, you know, getting crazy and crazier, except like in the eight, like the, in the eighties, like I'm thinking more of like Abel Ferrara and like street trash. And like these movies uh-huh. where like, it's a lot of like somebody, you know, walking, <laughs> somebody walking in the background, um, like in a very like, uh, hurried pace.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, I, I if Frownland counts, um, and there was one other one, you know, I, I remember where, where, where people were trying to sell it to me as horror, you know, but it was the Cronenberg movie where, da- A Dangerous Method, I think oh, it's called. Oh yeah, uh-huh. And I remember I was like, well, if that's horror, then, then Frownland is horror.
0: <laughs> yeah, they both definitely get under your skin. That's really interesting to think of them in the same sentence.
1: I really I really liked Only Lovers
0: Left Alive, too. yeah.
1: Guy in uh, a band we used to play with, like all of a sudden, just showed up in it. And I guess he plays with, with Jim Jarmish now. Wait, who uh, did? This guy Carter, who was in uh, this phenomenal band Mount Olympus that we used to play with all the time, and you know he he still does music and stuff. But I think one of the one of the bands he's in now is actually with Jim Jarmish called Squirrel. But but four right. letters uh-huh
0: uh, yeah
1: shows up in it and I, uh, you know he has one one scene in the in in, in the film where it's just a big close-up of, of carter's face and i, t- I looked over at, at my wife Allie, i go that's carter and she goes it's not carter and i go no it's carter i was like i'm pretty sure he has some connection to jim jarmer's and we looked it up and sure enough that's cool so yeah i i really
0: i yeah i really liked it yeah um, i like that one it's like i i like the idea that somehow certain hipsters are actually vampires or something like that (laughs) yeah yeah. i think that's it
1: yeah i think that's it oh and i gotta give a shout out to dolls dolls was a lot of fun um that was another v80s vhs box like classic yeah real disturbing if you google the 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 vhs box you'll right away remember it because i remember i I certainly do Uh, a big part of this you know was um you know like there's some some of these like i won't get back that time um (laughs) but this year you know a lot of like the you know the Japanese horror that's available on Criterion like uh, Jigoku. And, oh, I remember uh,
0: this. Yeah, good call. Dolls is definitely something I was yeah. <laughs> too scared to ever rent. It was like it's like you made the box too good. Like I, I don't actually have to see the movie. It's you know what? It's not bad. And
1: Paul, you know, my Paul who plays in Family Fun and uh, and and who I also know from. From from life was like, Hey, I just watched just the other day. He's like, dude, I watched dolls last night. I'm like, wasn't it really good? And he's like, Yes. I don't (laughs) because it has one of the things that I actually wrote about in Hard Times, in the Hard Times book, actually, something that I felt very strongly about was just like the way that punks were cast in 80s movies Mm. was just so over the top and like dialed up. We're like, in this movie, dolls, there's like uh two english punk girls show up as hitchhikers but they're in america (laughs) and they're just like again i think a running a running thing in these movies is just like the direction is just like just be as big of a jerk as you possibly can and there's like everything in this house sucks
0: that's a good addition to the stew of any horror that reminds me a friend of mine wrote about new york downtown characters in miami vice episodes with, oh wow! Which was a re- you know I I had not really noticed until I hadn't put it together until he like listed a whole bunch. Um, just I mean I guess more theater than 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 punk, but also just same kind of thing of like plucking people from one kind of thing and putting it in.
1: Well, the the, the running joke was that like every punk character in any TV or movie in the '80s was named Spike.
0: <laughs> just had
1: to, <laughs> That was that was the like uh, that was the requirement.
0: <laughs> That's how you know they're are serious about their work. Well, I think dolls might be a stopping point.
1: It's it's, it's definitely wacky. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's fun. I don't think it's that
0: long, too. I think. Um... Oh, great. Here I am, an idiot, typing in Amazon Prime Dole. <laughs> <laughs> here you
1: go, creepy.
0: <laughs> movie. I meant movie. Okay. And here it is. Okay, good. Well, this is still only a fraction. There's so many others. But I hope it was a Terrific time. <laughs> thanks for taking, taking me on a tour. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Anytime, anytime. If you and your listeners can think of other challenges to put me through, these seasonal challenges, uh, you know, I'd, be, I'd be more than happy to um, take time away from my family uh, and my job <laughs> for, to do so. so. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. I always feel somewhat validated after every conversation with you. I uh, feel like I'm, I'm supported in some way
0: no thank you for for bringing this bursting suitcase of titles this is a bonanza we'll sign off there awesome thank you you've been listening to the last thing i saw with your host nicholas Rapold. please consider signing up at rapold.substack.com. special thanks to the minarets for the opening music from their song monserrat thank you for listening